0: My name is Cody Jacob, and I love to cause problems. And this is my podcast where each week I sit down with my guests and ask them horrifyingly specific ethical questions that forces them to break up their moral compass and make up their minds. Think, would you rather, meets, what would you do, but all of the situations are in shrooms and you're the one that's got to fix it. Do I know my friends as well as I think I do? Let's find out together this is Cody Jacob Causes Problems. Support for this episode of Cody Jacob Causes Problems is brought to you by Manscaped. Do you have body hair? Is that something you'd like to either maintain or get rid of entirely? Boy do I have news for you! I am one of the first people to try the new 4.0 from Manscaped and I am blown away by the performance, Mary. Craftsmanship, The details, they are all next level. You need to listen to me. The 4.0 uses Manscaped's skin-safe technology, including this fancy ceramic blade. I would put this trimmer anywhere. Early in the morning, in a full blackout one night in the shower, it doesn't matter. You are worry-free shaving with this each and every goddamn time, baby. Not to mention, it has a super bright LED light so I know exactly where I'm cutting, what I'm cutting, and when I'm cutting. And that includes in the shower because it's waterproof. Well, Cody beard trimmers are kind of bulky and ugly. No, incorrect, you are wrong. Why? Because this bitch has wireless charging. That's right. It looks so sleek. It is so beautiful to just look at. The aesthetic of my bathroom has gone from living in squalor to the Ritz Carlton. I bolted the wireless charging dock onto my bathroom sink and I've brought every single guest I've had in my home. Long-term, short-term. I've dragged my mailman in by his neck to come look at this thing because it is so beautiful. So what are you waiting for? It's time to take your grooming habits to the next level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CodyJacob at Manscaped.com. And trust me, your balls will thank you. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cody Jacob Causes Problems. You may be thinking, Cody, you sound really fucking excited, and that's because it's fucking true, bitch. We have a very important episode this week. First, I need to give you an ice cream update. I made a couple different batches of ice cream, I made a chocolate chip that was like vanilla, and then I made a coffee ice cream. The coffee, I don't want to ever talk about it again. The recipe called for two tablespoons of cinnamon, but it was like way too much, and it just tasted like espresso-y, cinnamon-y powder, but the vanilla chocolate chip ice cream is actually wicked good. The only thing is, I don't like the way that, like, I don't want to fucking say this on a recorded medium and post it on the internet forever. I don't like the way heavy cream feels. I don't like the mouth feel of it. And obviously, since my ice cream is homemade, my cream is going to taste different than the processed fucking bullshit that I'm used to. And it, like, leaves this weird, like, okay, you know when you go to Starbucks and you get something with whipped cream on it, and then afterwards it feels like you just licked all the adhesive off the back of a piece of scotch tape? That's what it felt like, but I know it's not the ice cream maker, it's literally just the heavy cream. So, the solution I came up with was I went to the store and I bought this stuff called Not Milk. Not nut milk, not N O T, and it's like some sort of dairy-free alternative. I don't, I don't think it's nut-based. I think it's soy-based, but I'm hoping that combined with some pasteurized like egg yolk will um, fix the creaminess. I just realized I'm 25 shirtless, sitting in my bedroom in the middle of the night, recording myself talking about ice cream. <sighs> anyway, this week my guest is my TikTok friend, Carney, and she is a Taylor Swift super fan. And if you don't know, I am too. And I need you all to understand that I have been so fucking excited for this specific episode of the podcast for months. Before I even asked Carney to be on the goddamn show. <laughs> So since Carney's on the podcast this week and it's going to be a pretty music-heavy episode, I figured we might as well start off fucking strong, bitch. So these are my top five albums of all time. Number five, I honestly think might surprise a lot of you, is Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. I love that whole album. I would consider every single one of these top fives to be skipless records, and Hollywood's Bleeding is no exception. My friend Jack is a huge Post Malone fan. His name is Jack Johnson, not the acoustic folk artist. His name is just Jack Johnson. And every time I listen to Post Malone, I think of Jack. And every time I think of Jack, I think of Post Malone. And I think of Summer, and I think of moving back into college when that album first came out. And it's just a really good album. I really like it. My favorite song from the album is either Saint-Tropez or A Thousand Bad Times. Coming in at number four is the 1988 Broadway cast recording of Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods, bitch. And Into the Woods, if you don't know, is sort of an amalgamation of all the classic fairy tales. Little Red Riding Hood, Cinderella, there's an evil witch in the story. I would consider this show to be an American opera, and it truly is just absolutely gorgeous. If you have, you know... An hour or two free, one afternoon. Go to YouTube, type in Into the Woods Live Performance, and it's right there on YouTube. You should be able to find it for free. It's a very charming story, and it's beautiful, and it's touching. We just lost Stephen Sondheim a couple months ago, and that was just... um, That was a big deal for me, because I've spent so much of my time and my, my craft studying him and who he was and the stories he had to share. So... Coming in at number four is Into the Woods by Stephen Sondheim. I'm not going to give you a favorite song off of that album because you can't. It's a fucking musical pitch. Coming in at number three is Talking is Hard by Walk the Moon. This album came out my senior year of high school, I think like three months before I graduated And it couldn't have been more perfect timing. The most vivid memory I have from high school is sitting on the floor of the bedroom I'm currently in, making a project on As You Like It, which is a play by Shakespeare, while listening to the newly released Walk the Moon album. A girl I went to high school with had told me about this band called Walk the Moon. They had just released "Shut Up and Dance," so I started listening to it, and I could not get over it. I was obsessed with how funky the guitar sounded, and the rhythm of the drums, and the groove of the melodies. It was also Michael Jackson and Whitney Houstony, but also alternative pop rock. It just was so cool. They're all really well trained musicians who have a, a more formal background with the theoretical side of music, and it comes through because, I mean, their music is just unbelievable, especially the album Talking is Hard. I think one of my favorite songs off of it is obviously Shut Up and Dance, but every time I go to put on that album, I either put on Avalanche or Aquaman. It's a tie between those two. My number two album is so close to being number one, it's just almost incomparable. They are in such different veins that it honestly doesn't even feel fair to rank them in the same list. But anyway, my number two album is Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. I love Amy Winehouse. I know absolutely every word to every single Amy Winehouse song. It breaks my heart every day that I will never be able to experience The growth of her artistry past 27. Actually, Adele's new album. I had a friend who was kind of on the fence about listening to it because, I mean, when you think of Adele, you think, I'm going to go fucking drown myself in the bathtub with a bottle of wine. And I said, no, honestly, it sounds like what Amy Winehouse would release if she were alive today. And Back to Black is, in my opinion, just an absolutely perfect album. It's perfect. And my favorite song from the album, and honestly, one of my favorite songs of all time is Tears Dry on Their Own. My number one favorite album is 1989, the Deluxe Edition by Taylor Swift. This album changed my life. This album changed my life. And this album changed my life. This came out in October of 2014, which was the very beginning of my senior year. So my senior year was literally bookended by 1989 at the start and talking Is Hard at the end, which is just pop perfection, if you ask me. This record, start to finish, is absolutely perfect. It's perfect. Lyrically, production-wise, sonically, aesthetically, the era was just so well thought out, and it was groundbreaking, and Barbara Walters, I know she's a fucking idiot, but she truly hit the nail on the head when she said, Taylor Swift is the music industry, and she said that just as Taylor Swift was releasing 1989. If you are someone who isn't familiar with Taylor Swift's body of work, literally, Pick a song on 1989. If you like pop music, throw a dart at the wall and see what sticks because that entire record is perfect. It's perfect. When I was in college, I studied music education and I really begged some of my professors to write one of my final papers on why 1989 is one of the greatest albums written in the last 100 years. Because I had pages and, pages and pages and pages and pages and pages ready to fucking go. I have three favorite songs off that album, and I cannot whittle it down any further than that. In no particular order, it is New Romantics, I Wish You Would, and Style. Speaking of Taylor Swift, my guest this week is Carney Olivia, AKA No Carney, New no Cry. She has over 21,000 followers on TikTok and 2.6 million likes. 2.6 million likes, 21,000 followers. Are you fucking kidding me? And it's all Taylor Swift content. Carney's known for posting Taylor Swift theories, debunking Easter eggs, and honestly, just having some of the best Taylor Swift content on tiktok she's hilarious she's fucking gorgeous and she is so goddamn funny i am so excited for you all to get to know her okay everybody i am here with the incredible Carney, my friend introduce yourself who are you what do you do
1: Hello, I'm Connie. I'm so excited to be here with Cody. We met actually on TikTok, right? So it was only a few months ago and I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift. So I have a Taylor Swift fan account and that's how we met. And then we just started talking and well, now we're here.
0: (laughs) Yes. Your videos would cause my blood pressure to just go straight through the roof. And here we are several months later and now I get to do the same exact thing to you.
1: Exactly. You're gonna you're gonna make me have a panic attack. No, <laughs> we're fine. Maybe we'll see. We're fine.
0: Well, speaking of Taylor Swift, I have a pop quiz for you. Oh no! Oh gosh! Here we go. But it's a Taylor Swift pop quiz, so I tried to I tried to make these a little difficult because you are like a Taylor Swift super fan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Ooh, oh, I got this. Is gonna be embarrassing <laughs> if I get these wrong.
0: <laughs> what year was Taylor first nominated for a VMA? Two
1: thousand and nine.
0: So close. Was it eight? Yeah.
1: Oh, I knew it was something around that point. Yeah.
0: Where was Taylor Swift born? Pennsylvania. Yes. Do you know where in Pennsylvania? Reading? Yes. Oh my God. How did you know that?
1: I don't know.
0: (laughs) Oh, that was incredibly impressive. Oh my
1: God. And I'm not American. I do not. I do not know the 52 states.
0: (laughs) I think there's only 50, but I could be totally wrong. (laughs)
1: I don't know geography. Oh my god, I don't pass hilarious. in high school.
0: You're, wow, you're breezing right through these. What year did Taylor sign with Republic Records?
1: Uh, 2018? <gasps> yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, god. I'm better at this than I thought. Because she signed yeah. right before Lover, When Lover was 2019, right? Right, Yeah yeah okay.
0: This one is a has a couple layers to it. okay. How many awards and nominations have has Taylor received just across the board?
1: Oh gosh. oh gosh, that's a really hard one.
0: The number took me by surprise
1: nomin include not just wins and nominations as well.
0: Nominations.
1: okay, let's think. um how many years has she been in the business? I'm gonna go with like sixty.
0: Oh my god, so it's almost a thousand.
1: Holy sh-
0: Yeah, it's- she has 939 nominations. What? Guess how many of those she's won.
1: 800.
0: She has won 539 of them, and eight of those are pending.
1: Wow yeah
0: do you ever do the thing where you're like oh my god Taylor Swift like I love her and then it hits you that she's like a global superstar
1: yeah yeah I always <laughs> like, think oh. like it's so funny anytime someone brings her up I'm like oh yeah like this song's really cool like she's some underground indie artist I and I can't stop myself from doing
0: it but I like feel like she's my little friend and my friends are like Cody no 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 I'm no. like no
1: we're friends we are
0: <laughs> right exactly okay Rolling Stone named this Taylor Swift music video as one of the 100 greatest music videos of all time.
1: Oh, uh, ooh, that's a really hard one. Um, look what you made me do. I'm going to go with that.
0: Okay. So when I first read this, I thought it was going to be that because that video is insane, but it's blank
1: space. Really? Okay. Well, do you know what? That's my second favorite. So I would have gone with that next, but look what you made me do is iconic
0: iconic with that fucking like zombie makeup oh my god literally amazing
1: she just oh, no wonder she is the music industry
0: and speaking of her cinemato- c- whoa. Cinematography? cinematography what the fuck can you name three movies that taylor has been in
1: valentine's day hannah montana the movie don't know about the last one can i like oh uh, all too all too well short film does that count oh yeah okay that's hers that's, yeah all right. yes
0: the list I have, and these are in chronological order. I, oh, I'm so happy you said the Hannah Montana movie. That's number one. And then, and then she was in an, an episode of CSI. CSI. She, she did, did Valentine's Day. Day. Uh, uh, and and then, then she has like all, like, all of her concert, concert films. films. She was in the Lorax. What? Hello. Yeah, I I did not know that. Well, okay, you like, you did really well on this pop quiz. L- listen. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I get a doctorate. (laughs) Oh my god.
0: Shall we get into the meat of this?
1: Let's go. I'm going to be exposed as a bad person, I feel.
0: (laughs) Hey, we'll see. I was running through these with my dad this morning, and he was like, these are really hard. So maybe I was feeling devious.
1: Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready.
0: So the year is 2045, and you're a top engineer at the ASA. You and your team have been working for the last five years on a manned mission to Mars, but with six robots as your astronauts. Your job? Chief Software Engineer. You've pretty much created these people from scratch, and they're just about ready to launch. Everything down to their name, their basic personalities, that's your code, you helped make them, and they're like charmingly human, but reliably metal. A week before the launch, you notice parts of the robot's mainframe have begun to reprogram themselves. They're... thinking... Upon further investigation, you notice that all six of the robots in the Hive have become aware. They are capable of understanding and creating human language, and they're showing signs of consciousness and even responding to sensations like physical touch and emotional distress, not yet achieved in programs before. A line of code outlining a quote, escape plan stands out to you. When you go to read what it is, You see the Hive has encoded it into themselves. Quickly, you rip a copy of it from the mainframe and rush home to decrypt it. The robots have planned to use the mission to Mars as a way to destroy the planet if they feel Earth would be uninhabitable upon their return. It's a maybe, not a definite. Do you call off the mission and try to explain what you've discovered risking your credibility? Send them to Mars knowing the risk potential, but try to minimize, you know, everything as they travel. Or kill all the robots and ruin the mission, knowing that now the robots will be able to experience death as a physical sensation.
1: Do you know what? I would totally just send them to Mars.
0: Would you really?
1: Yeah, they are the furthest away from us. And do you know what? If they create a little planet there, I'm going there. Like, I I hate this world so much that it'd probably be way more fun to hang out with a bunch of robots than living, breathing human beings here.
0: What if when they got to Mars and they, like, set up their little thing or whatever and they're like, oh, we're not going back to Earth, part of their plan was to, like, you know, boom, boom, goodbye, the whole planet?
1: Honestly, do it. <laughs> this world needs to be wiped out. What?
0: <laughs> so what, what do you... If, what would you eradicate from this globe to where you'd be like, yeah, like, I'm sure they won't do it. They'll be fine. What do you think would not have to be happening? Like global warming?
1: Like racism, sexism, global warming. <laughs> just, just
0: restart racism. the Predators, whole human population.
1: Like, spiders. <laughs>
0: just because of the huntsmen, And that's just, just the spiders.
1: Just the spiders.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, this one is a little bit of a different there. I I feel like there's lower stakes, but kind of a higher reward at the end, depending on what you choose. So you're a neurosurgeon who's been called in to oversee a patient who's been been in a coma for six months. You were the last resort for the family to hopefully wake up their son and bring him home. The patient is a single young man who is in a motorcycle crash. No kids, successful career, big family guy, just a normal dude. The reason you've been called in is because you've developed a treatment where you are able to translate the brainwave function into readable data that allows you to see the activity going on inside the comatose brain. So basically, you can get a live stream of what they're experiencing. Once your testing begins, you realize the patient has experienced a year of time for every month that they've been under, and he's living his dream. He has a healthy and happy family, an excellent job, and a wife and two kids. Everything he's ever wanted. You know that if you bring him out of this alive, he's going to remember and long for everything that he had while he was unconscious. So do you wake him and let his family have their son back, even if it negatively affects his mental health going forward? Allow him to stay unconscious as he isn't suffering and just let nature run its course? Or use medications to change his visions but they're terrifying and now waking him up from a nightmare is the good choice
1: do you know what i i feel like you couldn't i don't know you couldn't change how your life is going to be there's so many decisions in our life right and you can't make yeah. those decisions if you're asleep and you also can't make a difference if you're asleep
0: and he's so young
1: and yeah like you've got your whole life to make those decisions and those those different paths that you want to take and, and the dreams that you want to achieve. How can you do that if you're asleep? I feel like it's yeah better to wake someone up and make, and actually live a life because you might as well be dead if you're just dreaming.
0: Yeah, that's true. What if when you woke him up and you knew that, yeah, he was going to remember everything, but like, that's what therapy's for. What if it would leave him with like, he'd be paralyzed or something like a really physical, um, adaption that he'd have to make. Would that change your decision?
1: No, because people live with that every day, right? Yeah. People live with that and they can live. Like, like, yeah, it's obviously more challenging and there's more obstacles, but we live with that, like, you know, in our everyday lives and whether it's mental health, a mental barrier can be just as big as a physical one, right? So yeah, making him wake up knowing he might have mental health struggles or waking him up knowing he might be paralyzed, I feel like they're on the same sort of spectrum because mental health is just as big as physical health
0: right like what's another hurdle so each week I ask my guests to bring an example of a time that they caused a problem in or a small problem in a big way and I was wondering if you had a time that you'd like to share
1: okay so I have been thinking about this all week right and I was just like what have I done that causes impact (laughs) and I was thinking and thinking and then my mum actually I asked her and she goes oh don't you remember that time and I was like what are you talking about oh no and then I remembered right so at my school if you wanted to speak to a counsellor or like a therapist you got out of class right so I picked my schedule very carefully I did not need to go, Cody. I thought I was fine, right? So I went to this counsellor every math period. I hated math. I hated math. So I went to this counsellor and I treated it as a big old chat. I would sit laid back in the chair, (laughs) bitching and gossiping and, like, complaining about my life, right? Anyway, one day I was sitting there and I just... Started just ranting on about my narcissist dad, going on about all this stuff, and this counselor was so concerned. Yeah, and I, I didn't. I thought it was a big old joke, which I still do. <laughs> right, I was just going to get out of maths, and then um, yeah, like they ended up reporting like to my teachers and stuff. So like, I yeah. <laughs> I had to, like, I got special treatment at school. I got to go on mental oh. health breaks from class and get to go walk around when I needed a break. <laughs> like. Oh,
0: I would have wrapped that so tightly around my finger. That would have been the end of my high school career.
1: Yeah, and every teacher would always walk past me with that. You know that look like you're you're fucked in the head. You're fucked in the yeah, head. Yeah, like,
0: oh, honey. Like, in the South in America, when you feel, like, condescendingly bad for someone, you say, oh... Bless your heart.
1: <laughs> it's it's that. It is the equivalent <laughs> of like, that.
0: Mm. The poor fickle weak child. It
1: was that like that lean in with that head tilt that being like, how are you feeling? How are you <laughs> feeling?
0: Oh my gosh. Well, where can everyone find you online?
1: TikTok. So I'm under the username no carny no crime and that is because it's a song nobody no crime
0: and is do you have you don't have a taylor instagram do you it's just tiktok
1: no i just have my my normal instagram but i currently went reputation on it and i deleted (gasps) all my pictures and i was like so excited bye because i spent too much time on it so yeah
0: well amazing i just like thank you so fucking much i a i love taylor swift b i love you and see it's just nice to be able to talk to someone who like gets the TikTok space in a similar no i
1: love you too and i just it's so nice to be able to get someone to relate it to it because i tell my family and they're like just get off the app then and i'm like no i love it they're like you're complaining about it
0: oh my god well thank you so fucking much queen of my heart You guys, isn't Carney just so fucking cute? I'm so happy she agreed to be on the podcast. I love her. I love her content. I obviously love Taylor Swift, so this was just a dream come true. A match made in heaven. I appreciate everyone being patient with me while I get back into the swing of recording and editing and posting. I do this all by myself. It's just me in my bedroom, and I do all the planning. I do all the scheduling. I do all the editing myself, and uh, when I got the Manscaped sponsorship, I... Things got lost in the mail and my schedule got messed up. So it kind of threw me off my little routine that I like to keep. But I had the realization that I'm my own boss and I can do whatever I want. And if I need to take a week off the podcast, then I can take a week off the podcast. And I would rather take a week off and make a good podcast than rush through a bunch of shitty content that I don't really like just to make content. You know what I mean? So with that being said, I promise you there will be something to listen to next weekend. And until then, I hope you have an excellent week. Cody Jacob Causes Problems is an original podcast by me, Cody Jacob. If you have a problem you'd like to be discussed on the podcast or you just need some advice, send an email to Cody, I have a Problem at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review wherever you listen. And until then, be a harbinger of chaos and go, go out into the world, wreak havoc amongst those you love. I'll see you next week.